Hello and welcome to another episode of the Making It in Asheville podcast, where each week we sit down with an Asheville entrepreneur, business owner, community member, ask them what they are making and how they are making it in Asheville. This week I'm joined by Jacob Bauman of Devil's Foot. He is the co-founder and considered the VP of operations, but like all business owners, wears many hats and we cannot wait to get into your story. Welcome and thank you for being here. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to meet you. It's great to meet you. And so we just did uh, guests, or, or I guess uh, listener, for some context, we are in uh, Ernest's ready-made warehouse. And you are the next door neighbor slash tenant next to Ernest. And so we just did an awesome walking tour of your space. Thank you for showing us. Yeah, anytime. Like whenever you're here, bring anybody over. We like to show it off. So. And so uh, that is, is it the entirety of Devil's Foot production at this point? Um, and we know, or uh, the audience might know about the mule, which is your kind of bar concept. But it, is that all of Devil's Foot today? Yeah. Yeah. For right now it is. It's a, it's very exciting. And it yeah. smelled <laughs> Wonderful. Not like most breweries. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the 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 non fermentation that we don't do. Uh, so yeah, it just sm- it smells like fruity pebbles and Lucky Charms when we're brewing in there, which is it's pretty lovely. It's all all real fruit, so it's hard not to smell good when we're processing it up. But amazing. So uh, at a high level, Devil's Foot Brewing is what uh, we make uh, all natural craft sodas using real fruit. So we don't use extracts. We don't use quote unquote natural flavors. We bring in strawberries from a South Carolina farm, blueberries from a North Carolina farm. We uh, fresh squeeze organic lemons and limes on like brew days. Uh, It's as fresh uh, as possible. We keep the sugars super low compared to other sodas on the market. and it's just, it's really tasty. <laughs> so, uh, and I think, I think, you know, when you drink, um, you can kind of taste that we did a lot of A and B and C and D test batches early on with the citrus stuff. Uh, and there was just no comparison to fresh squeeze. So I was just like, all right, if we're going to do it, we might as well do it. Uh, we could save a lot of money and energy if we didn't do it that way, but that's mm-hmm. not really the whole goal uh if you know you spend a lot of time doing something with your days might as well make something as good as you can i I think is our kind of mo so yeah i love that how long have you been at it at devil's foot um our first canning day was november 26 2017 so about five and a half incredible and what is uh in terms of scale how how do you think about uh, the size of your business today? Is it in the total number of cans? Is it in revenue? How, how are you thinking about the business? Um, I, I think both of those okay. things. Uh, but yeah, a, a little bit of a footprint as well. Like those three things. So like states that you sell into? Yeah, we're in five right now. Uh, just regionally, North, South Carolinas, uh, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee. We just signed with, uh, the latest one. Amazing. Yep. Uh, and so that's five years probably feels a little bit like a whirlwind. How are we thinking about the world today? You've seen squarely settled in at the new headquarters. Is that not true? Is it true? Oh, no, no. I mean, we're definitely (laughs) settled, but I mean, settled, I I don't know if I would use that word. We're fully comfortable and operating, uh, at our 
not nearly our capacity, but um, no, I mean, it's always to the future for sure. We've got, I've, I've had big eyes with this thing for quite some time uh, before I even held a can. So yeah, I think there's, I think it's in the data that uh, people like what we do. And so we're going to continue to do that um, on, I mean, there's been talks of, you know, we know what it is. We can block template and do it somewhere else. Mm. Uh, we know like, you know, how much it costs to start it. And the whole idea, I mean, our slogan is on all of our cans, which is keep it simple, keep it fresh, drink it in. That last part was just a, a, a throwaway line from Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the idea of keeping it fresh is it wouldn't be brewing it here and shipping it to Colorado or to Texas. Uh, it would be now that we know how to do it sure um you know that's been you know literally sitting around the dinner table drawing it out on a piece of paper way early on wow um an idea that we had about this so i love it so then maybe we go back it seems like that's a perfect segue what what why soda like what what how how did it start that's a where did we i I can take no credit for that that's not true because i've worked really hard (laughs) (laughs) um I had, I don't know how deep you want to go into it, but I had an idea for a business. I was managing bars, bartending. I'm a musician. I've been a professional musician for 20 years. Wow. Almost now. Uh, and um, I, my stepdad's an entrepreneur. I never once had even thought about starting my own business. And it was, I was like 31 and I just got, kind of got struck by lightning a little bit. And... I won't go into the details of what this other business was, but recruited the people that I thought would help that business out. The main business partner, Ben Colvin, being one of those people who we're still in business with together, uh, obviously. And um, that, for many reasons, kind of started to dwindle. And we were just at the bar one night and he was like, I've always had this idea about a ginger beer. And I was like bartending and going through all this terrible ginger beer. And I was like, stared at the ceiling for about two days. And I was like, that's a good idea. So we just started brewing in the backyard. We Frankensteined our systems from, you know, being in Asheville for as long as we had. We knew a bunch of brewers, brewery owners. We're just like, hey, do you have anything that would work? We started with pretty much no money, all self-funded from selling drinks over the bar, you know? And so we found a little spot that people weren't even trying to rent. Mm. Uh, It was a basement garage, essentially. We didn't have a sign on purpose uh, because we didn't want people knocking on our door. Sure. And uh, we did that for like four and a half years. It took three years from the like, you know, slightly drunken, hand slap like all right let's do this to holding a can took three years wow (laughs) was that so you said the first brewing day 2017 so yeah uh, would that have been 2014 ish you had that first conversation Mm -hmm. wow yeah uh and i mean that was a lot of different reasons uh we're all working our normal jobs at that point um you know enthusiasm would wane from time to time like hey remember we're doing the thing right you know uh and uh, so yeah, it took that long. And then the, we were, we called it the shoe, uh, because that's where the foot goes. 
That's what one of my buddies said. <laughs> so we were at the shoe for four and a half years and uh, luckily found this space. And I mean, we were, we were, we had no space left over there. We were tripping over each other. And um, so it was time and it was yeah. the right time. And we had been, like I said earlier, we've been looking for a couple of years. Uh, commercial real estate is tough in this town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it- so I want to, I'll attempt to pause there sure. and just go, um, A, it's the shoe because it's where the foot goes. Was the name always Devil's Foot? Like, did you, uh, and what, does it mean anything particularly? So, uh, no, I mean, when we were looking for a name, you know, it's like we got our recipes together yeah. and then we we're like, all right, what are we going to name it? And uh, we were brewing one day at Ben's house and his wife, Vashti, there's like ginger all over the kitchen. And she like picked one up and she's like, looks like a devil's foot. And we were all like, Hey, uh, it just, I feel like it rolls off the tongue it does. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and the more I do this stuff, cause I do, maybe I'm sliding in a tangent that we can go back to. I do all of our design no way. as well. And so with, with some help of some, some friends, but for the most part, I'm, I'm doing that stuff. And, uh, wow. so I like, I was like, we're a ginger beer company, right? Yeah. And then we made two ginger beers and then we were like, how do we make more money? <laughs> we we're like, let's make a lemonade. And we made the lemonade and people were like, this is the best lemonade I've ever had. And I was like, Great. did we just start a lemonade company? <laughs> so it, it went, it started as the name is because of the ginger. Right? Sure. Uh, and then later on found out that there's a Sherlock Holmes book called the mystery of the devil's foot. I haven't read it. <laughs> we'll link to it in the uh, show. Notes. And then, Another kind of random, like the original, uh, or no, not original, uh, the Sanskrit uh, translation of ginger was horn mm. and body. Kind of random. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we tapped into something that, I mean, it's just, that's what ginger looks like. Yeah, the little kismet that it, it, it is. And that's, yep. uh, that's a great name and it makes sense in my brain. And so absolutely uh, over... Three years. So one of the uh, considerations is three years from idea to first brew day. Are there any in in that process? And going back, I, my hope is that you don't say yes. I would change so many things about those first three years because it does seem to have worked itself out. But like, sure. if you were to do another project, or if you had a friend, colleague, mentor, uh, nephew, cousin, sister who wanted to start a thing, does three years before first brew day sound like the right amount of time sound long sound would you say test it i think it sounds long but sounds long to me but sounds like a lot of patience feels like patience. well and that's yeah goes back to like some enthusiasm waning and sure and having i mean i felt like that was one of my bigger things during that three years was being cheerleader and being like hey hey remember the thing because you know everybody gets into their zones and Peaks and valleys of that. Um, no, I definitely think it was long. I think, um, you know, none of us had ever started our own business before. This is all very new. Um, and, you know, if one positive thing is that we didn't start with funding right away, right? So we control 100% of our business at this point. We don't have to run anything by anybody and uh so that for for me now looking at it great idea 
And I mean, we've had funding talks throughout this five and a half years and we've yeah. still not done it. Um, based on several different, uh, you know, variables, but, um, yeah, I think <laughs> it, there's so many variables that go into it. So it's like, you know, if I had an angel investor early on, three years is way too long. Sure. Um, but we didn't. And, you know, I mean, the amount of people that scoff is not a right word, but didn't really see what we were seeing was significantly more than the people that were like, oh, that's a good idea. So like, you know, I mean, I think, as I was saying, the data's there, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. It's like, all right, people like, there, there is a market for this. To say we created it is debatable, like at least locally, sure, sure, right? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, obviously, there was craft soda before us, but um, yeah, I just, I, yes, I do think it's long, I guess, to answer your original sure. question. And uh, would I change anything about it? No, because I mean, yeah. It's worked. Yeah. Um, with what amount of research I've done about Devil's Wood, it does seem, though, while you haven't taken funding, uh, equity funding, right. it does seem like you've done some pretty interesting stuff by way of like grant funding. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, at what point did that start becoming a part of the, the game plan? Fairly early on. Uh, and that I will give 100% credit to Ben. Um, he was in uh, the nonprofit sector for 15 years mm. before starting this. So just the art of grant writing in and of itself, uh, he was already privy to. And then also just knowing that they existed yeah. and knowing who to speak to about figuring out where there is those opportunities. Um, so our first two, uh, that we received was from an organization called NC idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they're state and federally funded. Um, and we got a micro seed grant. I want to say that was in 19 maybe. And then, uh, which was 10 K, which is like, feels like hitting the lottery. A little bit. You're like, oh, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, and then were there were there any um, strings attached? Like, did that need to be used in some particular way? Or no. Other? Cool. Um, I mean, there was you know follow up reporting and whatnot, mm -hmm. but no, uh, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, we used that one to buy a delivery van because I was delivering in my personal car for the first couple years, uh, and then. Um, they have one called the Seed Grant, which is uh, 50000 and we weren't really going to apply for that because we had just gotten the micro, and the person that we had been working with in that organization was like, you know, you guys are kind of perfect for this. You should really apply. And we're like, okay, and then we got it. Wow. We were, I think, the only F&B business organization to get that one. Um at least uh, up until that point or that sure. year or something, something like that. They don't, there's not a lot of F and B in that it's a lot of tech stuff. And, uh, uh, so yeah, those are great. And then we've just recently been working with land of sky doing, uh, some workforce development stuff, some training for, uh, us, our people, our team. So that's awesome. It's really, really awesome. It's such a incredible difference maker. I think in the past we've talked about the, many ways you could theoretically infuse a business with money, yeah. equity, debt, right. 
grants seem like hard to hit, but if you can get grant money, it seems like probably the best road. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah. I mean, cause not only, I mean, the money is great, obviously, but I mean, the, I mean, we got a lot of good publicity out of it. That's the actor scene. Because, like, banks aren't going to be like, hey, necessarily, you know, hey, uh, Uh, we just gave a line of credit to this this business. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't want people to know that anyway. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I feel incredibly fortunate, just personally, uh, that Ben has those skills. Uh, We are two very different people with two very different skill sets that I think complement each other very well. Uh, Three years, five and a half years. And we still like each other. Wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which it's is huge. Huge. Uh, Do you tell me some more about um, the yin and the yang of y'all skill sets? Oh, well, I mean, I mean, that kind of leads into it. I think I'm, you know, he was, uh, I think either, e, I think he was an ED of uh, a couple of different land preservation nonprofits. I was a bartender. I'm an artist. You know, I'm like at the shows, I'm at the parties. People are like, there's the devil's foot guy. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm out there. He's got two kids mm. and a lovely wife. He's not able to do those things so much, but he's, you know, uh, he's always had, I've always been impressed with his, uh, like macro vision. Uh, and it's kind of changed the way I look at stuff too, just being around him, uh, as much as I am. And, but yeah, I think just on a basic level, like, the VP of operations, some like kind of, and the, uh, and the, uh, what, what, what am I looking for? You know, down in the trenches a little mm-hmm. bit more. Uh, I mean, he still brews like occasionally we'll, we'll still hop on the canning line and stuff, but, uh, Wild. uh, yeah, I would say that would, I think I summed it up pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Uh, a question would be like in those, in the years before moving into this space, uh, what, if you were to think about it, what would be some inflection points, like mile markers in the timeline as you tell that story? Um, is it like the first thousand bottle day? I don't know what a milestone would be. What, what, were, what were some milestones? I mean, for me, it was just, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't, I haven't really thought about that question a bunch. But I mean, I, answering it now, I would say uh, just scaling up gear wise. Mm-hmm. Like the, the second, the first canner we had was, like hand two at a time and then you take it off and you put the top on it and you put it on the thing and you hit a button. So really one at a time. And we did like 180,000 cans like that until <laughs> we got, until we got our next one, which was like, you still had to manually feed the cans in, but it was like on a slide and then it was all automated. And, uh, at first one we could do like six or seven a minute. That second one we could do like 24 a minute and it was less physically demanding. Uh, and then, you know, the new one that does like, you know, 45 a minute and it's all automated. Uh, so I would say, you know, just scaling up gear to, to help literally our backs and our watches, because it's like, you know, that first one, it would take like five hours to empty a pretty small tank and the grand scheme of things. And now it takes us an hour to do one, like three times that big. So it's like. You know, yeah. it's just like efficiencies. Uh, and then on, on that same level, um, I think another one would be when we added the current team members, like each one kind of like took us to a, a new place. Sure. Um, and efficiencies, because me and Ben were doing it, we're doing everything. 
and then we right before uh the 2020 quarantine times uh we had a delivery driver for a little bit and then after the shutdown we shut our doors for like six weeks Mm. and then people started ordering again we're like oh okay we got to go back uh and so it was just me and ben then for a long time and then added asher our, our delivery guy who we love so much and then added uh I can't even remember who which one was first because they were about the same time. Both, uh, both Paul and Brandon. Brandon worked at Pisgah Brewing for about ten years, so he knows the gear. Mm. Uh, he's a very organized, mellow person. Uh, lovely guy as well. And then Paul, X Factor. He was uh, <laughs> he was uh, he was he was almost like stalking us until we hired him. And I'll, I'll take that because uh, he's incredible. He can pretty much fix anything very enthusiastic dude so uh yeah those are for me that's just like it's made my life a lot easier Hmm. i still work very long hours but i uh i don't i'm I'm not nearly in the production world as much as i was so i can lean more on marketing stuff on uh design stuff and uh yeah some of that that's really exciting yeah we interrupt this episode with a horror story an e-commerce horror story that my wife sarah ubertaccio experienced but i'm gonna preface she's not alone you might be an e-commerce store owner you might have a friend who's an e-commerce store owner and uh this story is universal though specific sarah please take it away yeah, well, I own a small business called QB Cucina, and we sell Italian pasta tools and kitchenware. And in our previous space where we were fulfilling from, one day my employee was packaging up a bunch of packages to ship via UPS, and UPS did not pick up from this location. And so she was going to package them up and take them out to the car and drive them to UPS. Well, it was raining a lot that day. As and it tends to here in Asheville. Yes, as it tends to here in Asheville. And on her way, taking the dolly out to her car, uh, some packages just flew off the dolly were soaking wet she was soaking wet and then she had to repackage them like go back up to the office and repackage them because they were ruined and and couldn't be shipped out so yeah and uh a i'm so sorry to hear that story that's a heartbreaker now you don't have to worry about that happening anymore because you work at Ernest ready-made warehouse and they have daily pickups and deliveries from FedEx, UPS, and USPS. Yes, it's like it's like suddenly we have a valet and concierge at our fingertips, which is amazing. Um, they have daily pickups from from all the major shipping carriers, and they have a huge loading dock, so we can receive our shipments very easily, twenty four hours of the day, every day of the week, which is amazing. To learn more about Ernest Ready Made Warehouse, visit makingitinashville.com forward slash Ernest E R N E S T. We have uh, all sorts of information about this season, about our sponsor, Ernest, ready-made, and uh, offer a very special incentive for those of you who are small business owners in Asheville who could benefit from this facility. Back to the episode. In terms of uh, marketing stuff and design stuff, what has what has been some of the cooler or best marketing slash design stuff that's happened Oh man, we just rebranded all our citrus stuff. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, we had, I would say that for the most part, all the designs that we had were out of necessity. So it was kind of like, I taught myself all the Adobe stuff, Mm. uh, back before this business even started because I was doing show posters. Makes sense. But 
I was always like, why am I doing this? And then like, I was like, oh, okay, here it is. Uh, so, you know, I've saved the company quite a bit of money by, by keeping that in-house. Uh, but all of our previous designs, uh, as fun and as uh, eye-catching as they were, there wasn't much cohesion there. Uh, and like I said, it was out of necessity in the sense of like, oh, we've got this new product. Okay, what is it going to look? All right, let me just throw some together. And like, you know, those evolved over time, obviously, as well. But... Super pumped about this new direction. It kind of came about of our can that I did with the whale collab that we did, which is the hopped lemonade, um, which I just kind of had one of those moments in art where you're like, oh, okay, uh, hop looks about the same shape as a lemon. Mm. So I was like, oh, it's like just kind of melt into the other one. And then we worked with a, a designer out of Jacksonville named Keith Lowe lovely guy, uh, and kind of threw him that and was like, what can you do with this? And he came up with the concept of it being split. Uh, and so that is the new direction with all of the citrus stuff, um, uh, uh, of the flagship citrus stuff. Um, so that's super, I'm pumped about that. We're opening a bunch of new retail, uh, that was kind of the main goal of moving into the space was, Mm. all right, now that we have the space, to kind of have bigger gear. It's like, let's, it was always kind of like hitting the streets and kind of roots up, uh, kind of building for us. And then now it's like, all right, let's, let's check out some retail and see what we have. Cause you know, people are coming to town and they have it at a restaurant and they're like, where can you get it? I'm like, well, the co-op <laughs> and then the earth fair, yeah. you know? Uh, but now we're opening a bunch of fresh markets, uh, which is exciting. And all those States that I mentioned, uh, earlier, and just kind of growing that side of our, our business and brand visibility as well. So I love that. In, in the in the timeline of how you went to market, I'm, I, more clarity would be awesome. So uh, it started with uh, like events. It started with selling directly into breweries. It started with uh, what? And now retail is a part of the mix, which seems like would be a huge part in terms of volume, but maybe lower margins because you're selling oh, yeah. to, you know, these folks who need to make money too. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, we started, like I said, we had never owned a business, let alone a beverage business. So it was like, all right, let me just hit the streets. And yeah. like, like I said, I was in my own car. I'd lived here at that point for almost 15 years. So most places I walked in to, I kind of knew a person there or something and I was like hey you know me and then like look at this thing uh and so that was very helpful just having our collective networks um you know and Asheville being Asheville I no knock to any other town I would name say Knoxville or whatever but like I don't think we would have seen the success at the rate that we've seen if if it wasn't for the support of the Asheville community. So thank mm. you, Asheville. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, I started, uh, you know, we just started that way. And then, I mean, we still don't have a dedicated salesperson. That's kind of the next person on the team that we're talking about. Uh, and a lot of our sales, obviously, other than repeat uh, customers' business is now coming to us. Mm. Uh, because of our successes and our just overall visibility and I think our delicious products as well. But um, so, you know, I mean, our our continued client base is growing. Our, uh, it's, it's more coming to yeah. us, really, uh, which is nice. I mean, I, I, I still think we're missing a ton of stuff, and that is where that salesperson comes in. But 
Yeah. Yeah. So the retail, like I said, when we moved in here, we were like, okay, this is the time to kind of start approaching retail. And so we had some relationships, but now that we've grown our distribution footprint, it was like, all right, we have the space to make the volume that you will need. We have, uh, the distribution, uh, connects to get you the product. So I think it's something that I could be completely wrong. I think we're opening uh, another 35 fresh markets or something in the wow. next month, probably. So that's exciting. That seems like, a, so a, a congrats. Thanks. That's awesome. That seems yeah. like a massive, potentially massive jump in, in volume, mm-hmm. uh, from whatever number to 35 added in a month. Uh, to walk me through what that process might look like. Is it just, you got to get it out your door to distributors yeah. and then they do the last connection to yep. the seven in Tennessee that, and the seven and yep. That's got it. it. Um, so, uh, essentially it all flows through the distributors. Okay. Uh, the distributors will place an order with us and we'll fulfill it. Cool. We I mean, sure. The, the thing that, I don't think we thought about too much before making it, uh, the product itself, was how quickly we can turn our tanks. Mm. So we're not fermenting. like It's all the same gear as beer breweries, right? Steel, hoses, mm. canning line. Um, but beer sits in a tank anywhere between two and six weeks to do its thing. Sure. We can do... We we're brewing today. You smelled it. Yeah. We can it tomorrow. No way. Yeah. And that's based on the gear that we have acquired. Sure. So when we started, like I was saying, we Frankenstein our system. We had these old, they're called Grundy tanks, right? And they're kind of like big, weird, like squatty looking tanks uh, that I think were like milk holder. They were originally made, they're like, they were made in uh, uh, England uh, and... Uh, we would we would pallet jack them in and out of our big walk-in cooler to cool it down because uh, liquid has to be cold to uh, be infused with CO2. Huh. And so that was how, but now we're like all the breweries you see, they're, it's called glycol jacket, jacketed tanks. So the tanks have jackets and this refrigerant is constantly cycling through it. So it cools it down way quicker. Uh, and so, yeah. So on that level... We don't need much more steel to make a lot more plenty of product. Like it's, how amazing! Yeah. That's such an interesting yeah. X factor in in production. Like the Hope. bottleneck that a brewery would have is probably not the same then. Oh, significantly different. I mean, we can make you know three x as much product as a brewery down the road in With like know, a six, in a day, they're, yeah. and they're looking at three weeks. Wow, you know. So if you like, that's like starts to exponentially grow when you look at months and you look at years and it's wow. like, so that, that's been helpful, obviously. And in, in our acceleration of, of being able to, because at the end of the day, if you don't have a product, like somebody's like, I want a product. Oh, it's going to be two or three weeks. Sure. They might not want it anymore or, you know, it's just, this, it's not, it's helped us grow quickly and sustainably. Yeah. Uh, for sure. When thinking about the, I mean, it seems to me that beverage businesses grow largely through distribution 
but there's always some version of uh, value captured in like the tasting room or the, you know, the brew house, brewery, bar at the brewery, uh, because you're, you're owning the end relationship, like the end dollar value is yours. Um, what portion, if, if you're comfortable, what portion of sales is happening like through your website or at the tasting room compared to overall? So we just opened the tasting room in like late October. So that puts us at around, you know, what, eight months? Mm-hmm. Um, within that time, and I don't know if it's because of that, um, our online store has really gotten very busy. Awesome. Um, maybe half and half, because we ship nationwide. So on any given... One of the other perks of not being out Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So we'll, you know, on any given day, I'll be seeing Texas, Minnesota, New Jersey, Virginia, Florida. Like, it's just like the most random <laughs> spots. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm assuming it's people that come here, have it, and then go home and want it again. Um, I would say half and half is, is that, and then uh, pick up at the production facility. Um, overall, though, it's a, it's a pretty small slice. Yeah. Um, but as you were suggesting, not only the dollar amount uh, of, of direct customer, which is which is uh, significant. It is the I, I think the the relationship in creating the um, the feel of the product a little more. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, for me, that's I think skills are taught for me. I'm, I'm or can be taught. I think I'm more like creating our team like who vibes with us well. Like I don't. I spend enough time with these people. I need the feeling to be right and the people to be, and I'm not talking about, I need like subservience or anything, uh, because that's not the kind of person I am, but I, th- I'm just, I need to be comfortable cause that is what it is. And yeah. I think we've done a good job of that. Uh, and so going back to people coming in, seeing the space, tasting the product, interacting with our team is a very positive. And that's something we didn't have at the shoe. And so I'm, I'm very, very, I feel very fortunate that we found the space at the time that we did. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, want to talk through, want to talk through what, um, what looking for commercial real estate looked like or what you, how did you all try and solve for it? It had to be a bear. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many hours in a day and we, you know, we're brewing and canning and delivering and designing and uh, all that. So it was a lot of network reach outs, just being like, if anybody hears anything, I mean, we would definitely, we probably toured 10 or 12 spots before we, before we found this spot, but it was always, I mean, we knew we couldn't do what we want to do growth wise in that original space. So Mm -hmm. it was, you know, from not from day one, but from, day one of year two, we were starting to look, uh, and it was just, yeah, I don't know. It's just rough. Yeah. And then things like not necessarily being where we wanted them, like location wise. Cause we were like, Oh, there's one way out in Weaverville, like way out in Weaverville and we could, it's perfect. And yeah. it's like in budget, but like who's driving out there to go to a tasting room? right not like not a lot of people 
Whereas like this space, not only location wise, but like size wise, it's like we had 260 like Star Wars fans in there recently for like <laughs> a Beer City Comic Con event. You know, we had Kipper doing the the trivia and it was, it, you know, it's just like, this is awesome and it's fun and the space feels good. Um, so that goes again to the relationship factor of like being good hosts. And I, I hope that when people think about the product, they think about the feeling, right? The more, the more I'm getting into it, I'm like, how does something feel, mm. feel like, <laughs> like your experience with it, you know, instead of like, Oh, it's a can of liquid. So what is it? I don't know. Something I think about more than I did at the beginning. Sure. Uh, so yeah, the relationship's important to me for sure. In, I th oh, go ahead. No, no. I just think the story is important. I, I think like, I think one thing that we do different is working with farms. Hmm. actual farms so you know we've been and toured the the honey farm that we get our honey from in upstate south carolina we know the guy well he like comes through and we hang out and it's like that's i think a little bit different than breweries than soda companies it's just different and so we'll and on that level i mean working with farmers and like the honey farmer, the strawberry farms, the blueberries. Um, we work with a, a, a gentleman who works on the farm in Peru, pulling the ginger for us. I mean, it's like, it, it feels very close in, in a good way. Um, we're supporting them. And then, you know, we'll, <laughs> another thing that I, I don't know if you know about us, but we zest all our fruit and we'll like sell this zest to like tea companies mm. and, and bakeries and breweries. Um, so we're kind of doing like a full cycle thing from the farm using what we need and then kind of moving it along to its next space, which is I think quite different. I love it. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, the relationship with the brand and with the customers I, I, I want that to feel as good as our relationships do with the farms and stuff. So it's, yeah, I've, it's important and it feels like it's where it needs to be. I think, uh, it'll continue to grow. I mean, and evolve in ways that I hope stay true to that idea. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Love it. When, um, when thinking about that relationship, a couple of things came to mind. Um, one is I guess the, perhaps the background as a bartender, uh, is, is there, is there, the space is beautiful. The Thanks. mule, um, is there something kind of inherent in being the bar, like the bartender relationship? Sure. I mean, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to give credit of that to my mom. Mm. Uh, she was always hosting and she said, uh, you need good music, good lighting and ice. <laughs> I was like, yeah, pretty much nailed it. So, yeah, I mean, I've always kind of had that. I like to take care of the folks that are around. Are you hungry? You want, what do you want? You know? Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that was part of just the aesthetic of the space. I wanted it to feel cozy. Mm. Hence all the wood and the plants. Yeah. In the industrial setting, I think it kind of warms it up. It sure does. Yeah. How how big is that space? Like uh, the total total square foot uh, with production and the mule. It's fourteen four. Wow. Uh, and we came uh, out of a twenty five hundred square foot 
garage. So I definitely like do stretches every morning when I get in there and just like, okay, this feels good. Yeah. Still plenty of space. Uh, uh, that, I mean, this whole building then is absolutely insane. Cause there's like, it's like 30 plus in earnest. Yeah. And then there's the fulfillment side between yeah. you two and then another I think it's 62. 15. Wow. Yeah. Hello. Are you watching on YouTube listening on your favorite podcast player? If you're not on YouTube, perhaps consider it because behind us, you would notice that we are in an absolutely beautiful space and that space is our season sponsor, Ernest Ready Made Warehousing. And so if you're not familiar with Ernest, uh, it is fantastic. I am joined here by my wife, Sarah Ubertaccio, founder hey. of QB Cucina and one of Ernest's newest clients. Yeah, excited to be back on the podcast. Great to have you back. Episode 110, if you haven't listened before. But what we want to talk about today is why you chose Ernest and what makes Ernest stand out, let's say, compared to uh, finding a new office space in town to fulfill from. As a very high level, Ernest is a 30,000 square foot facility on Sweeten Creek, just south of Asheville. Huge facility, beautiful facility. Uh, why did you choose to go with Ernest instead of any other place in Asheville? Yeah, well, I have a small growing business, e-commerce. We sell pasta tools and Italian kitchenware. And we currently outgrew the space that we were in and really needed um, a different kind of space. And so I love Ernest. I love the fact that uh, as we grow, Ernest can scale with us. So they have different sized co-warehousing spaces. Um, so if we, if we grow bigger, we can just quickly move over to a different space within the same building, which is a really huge time saver. I also really love that they have daily, sometimes multiple times a day, um, pickups from UPS, FedEx, and USPS. So we don't have to worry about packages getting lost or stolen, and our team doesn't have to drop them off at the post office. And it just saves us all a bunch of time and headache. Um, and also they have temperature controlled rooms, which for a business like us, we, one of our products is pasta flour. It's really sensitive to temperature. It's really, really important for us to make sure that our products are secure and not, um, not getting damaged while they're being stored in our warehouse. Um, and I love all the other amenities. I love they have a photography studio so we can quickly photograph our products. They have a full break room. Um, they have co-working space that we're able to use for our meetings with team members and other people um, that may come to, to see us. And then just the sense of community being around other uh, small businesses is something that we currently don't have. And I'm really, really looking forward to, to connecting with others here. I love that. Ernest, readymade.com if you've not uh, visited that before. Or you can check out makingitinashville.com forward slash Ernest. And we have a bunch of information about the partnership we've built for this season, as well as some perhaps special discounts and incentives. If you happen to be a e-commerce business or the right fit for Ernest, you should definitely check out makingitinashville.com forward slash Ernest, E-R-N-E-S-T. And back to the episode. That's wild. Big, big building. There's a creek running under it. <laughs> oh, wow. It runs yeah. under it. That makes sense. Yeah. Because it stops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys got to go by Ernest and check out the creek that runs under it. Yeah. Um, going to write a book called The Creek That Runs Under there It. Instead of the river that runs through it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Silly. Um, love it. Hospitality, farms, community. Um, in terms of, like, so... One of the things we went over, I have uh, one of your collaborations, uh, a, a four pack, uh, yeah. just off off camera. Talk about the community in Asheville and either name names or don't, but um, it seems like collaboration seems to be a part of the business as well. So not just farmers, but also some local brands. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, 
you don't get anywhere by yourself, right? Uh, and, you know, we've learned and will continue to learn a lot from our neighbors and friends that are in the beverage industry. There's, uh, there's plenty of, uh, pie for everyone in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think, I mean, as I was saying earlier, we've used some of these collaborations to test batch, like to market some flavors. So like the hop lemonade was with the whale. Now that's a flagship. Mm. Um, because people like it and it's not super difficult to make yeah. compared to like, you know, it's like, we've got a, we've got our processes down. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's also fun. I don't want to do the same thing every single mm. day. I'm being an artist musician. I don't like that. Uh, I play improvisational music. Uh, I can also not play improvisational music, but I prefer that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, um, I, I mean, I think it's a win-win for, for just from business to business, like, uh, you know, brand growth. Uh, but it's also just fun, just meeting new people who are in this similar industry as you, mm. um, who you literally work right down the street from. But, you know, it's like some people I've never met, very nice, talented people. Uh, so... It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, I think, smart business, but it's also just fun. Uh, and not that I don't enjoy our normal stuff, but I just, I don't know. It's, to me, it's, I think that's, uh, you know, doubly true. Smart business is often fun business, you know, <laughs> or if it's not, you're probably maybe not in the right business for you, but, right, um, right. that's, it, it, it seems great for a lot of reasons. Worst case scenario, you have this limited run cool story we did this collab best case scenario is you found you know the gold slick totally and you're on to a vein that leads to something bigger over time and i think that's really um it seems smart and it looks fun so it is yeah and i mean you know it's like these are generally places that carry our product we now carry these people's products in the mule mm. it's like it's just, it's just a big ball of love <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, when then, when thinking about the, I guess, next phases or uh, the future of Devil's Foot, you kind of alluded to the idea that local and fresh are different based on geography. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's a, like a. I want to say red herring, but that's not it. Some sort of like clue as to what's to come. But what what are you looking at in the future? Of uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I think that there is a lot of opportunity to take it somewhere else. The amount of work seems a little daunting when mm -hmm. I think about that compared to the amount of work that I already have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, me and, I mean, I just remember early meetings talking about like figuring out the template and taking it somewhere else. Um, you know, we do see some seasonality and sales when it's hot. We sell cold drinks. We do see a spike if we're somewhere where it's hot all the time. Mm. Do we just have <laughs> constant growth? Maybe. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's that. We have another line that we're about to come out with 
it's not publicly known, but hey, I'm happy to share it here because we're about to uh, we're about to drop it. Um, we're we're doing a, a canned cocktail line, Ooh. so we're doing RTD cocktails using our sodas, and uh, kind of partnering with different distilleries. Here we go with the collab thing again. Um, so each flavor, ideally, will be with a different distillery. Um, oh, fun. Uh, and so we're calling it Friend of the Devil Craft Cocktails. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we just got uh, some federal approvals. And um, so you'll hopefully be seeing those for the next couple of months. Wow. Uh, so we're going to have a big old party. You guys are invited. Uh, and uh, so that's exciting. That's a, I mean, it's literally starting a whole new business, which the mule was as well. It's like, oh, we have this business that's growing. Let's start another business. And it will be uh, its own entity. It kind of has to be with yeah. liquor law, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yes. Uh, I don't th- know if it has to, but we decided to do that based on liability purposes. Makes sense. Uh, uh, amongst other things. Uh, but yes, it'll, it'll be its own thing. Oh, so cool. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, can... What would be an example? I mean, I don't know how much you're able or want to say. What would be an example of like an early cocktail that you're working on, and who might a partner look like? Are they local partners? Or are they uh, just partners? Yeah, we generally? have a, 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 a local partner right now. We've we've talked to some other local distilleries. We're working with a distillery um, out of Charleston, Fun. Uh, organic distillery, um, and I think I could be wrong. This is uh, this this is in the same vein of what we're talking about. But one of the things that I think that our success uh, with the soda company has, is because it's so like, we're doing like approachable, right? Mm -hmm. It's all like, you look at the ingredients list and there's like four ingredients, five ingredients, right? So like, we're gonna at least start the line with pretty simple, the the vodka lemonade, Mm. like a vodka mule. It's like, okay, we'll do a rum limeade with a little mint. Uh, so, you know, it's like, just, just, I'm not, I'm not trying to go, go crazy right off the rip with, uh, with a bunch of different stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, vodka lemonade is delicious, uh, super duper tasty. So it's, uh, it's, it's another fun thing <laughs> where it's like, okay, this totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, once again, working with just other professionals in the industry in the uh, yeah, beverage world where it's like definitely just picking up little nuggets of, of knowledge while also meeting interesting people. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm, I'm pumped about that. I think that's going to be, I mean, you're really only going to, when we launch it, you're only going to be able to get it at the mule. And then I think because of North Carolina's, uh, shall I say <laughs> rough, uh, processes, um, we're going to be shipping them to Georgia uh, and some to Tennessee. So they're not even really going to be around North Carolina except at our tasting room. Uh, so, you know, I think that'll drive some people there as well. I suspect you're right. Yeah. Uh, and it seems that ready to drink beverages and cocktails are absolutely like white hot in the market for the last yeah. couple of years and don't seem to be slowing down. Yeah. I mean, I think that's correct. I think you could look at what we're doing as going to be something a little bit different as well. And being like, yo, we're like fresh squeezing lemons, putting it in this can. Like that's not what you're getting when you're drinking a Jim Beam canned cocktail. You know, it's not, 
and that's fine. Those things are fine. Yeah. But we're just, that's not what we do. So. Yeah, and the customer is probably a little different, you can argue. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine, fine. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were never going to compete with Coke, right? Like, that's not who, I mean, people drink hard drinks. They also drink Coke. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Uh, but it's like, you know, it probably costs like a half a cent or like a half of a half of a cent to make a can of Coke. So it costs us a little more. So yeah. heard yeah. that makes a lot of sense. It's really exciting. Um, what of all of the details one needs to take care of to become a beverage, alcoholic beverage brand, perhaps surprised you was the longest road was most complex? Um, just like the time, yeah, <laughs> really, uh, because the wheels of government move slow is mm-hmm. what they say. Uh, and so I'm sure you've experienced this and on some level from some government agency where like somebody tells you one thing and then another person tells you another thing and you do one of those things, you know, and it's just like, Oh, that's not right. But I thought this person said it was right, you know, so it's a lot of getting it together but once it's together i mean we same deal i mean we can sit here and talk i could talk to you for hours about the help that we've gotten uh, a close friend of ours owns a local distillery and i'll just be like hey man can i have 30 minutes of your time buy you a beer um so once you know you get all the stuff together i mean having a good team of lawyers helps Absolutely. I mean, we've done that from the very beginning. I had a good lawyer, and I think that I can stress that enough for any startups. Let's get a lawyer, get a good accountant, because it'll cost a lot more down the road to Mm. fix a bunch of botches, so to speak. Um, So, yeah, I mean, this is just the time more than anything else, I think. And not only that, but just like mental bandwidth of zooming in and out and moving all around uh, while managing a growing business and yeah. having a relationship with my partner and playing in way too many bands <laughs> and uh, uh, recording records and all the, all the things. Yeah. So, yeah. It seems, well, hey, about when did that process start? Just to give a context of the, of the time, because we're three months-ish, months away from seeing these at the Mule um, we got notification recently that it's greenlit. When did this, when did me, I mean, the ap- idea has been there kind of from the beginning as right. well. Cause it's like, as right. you're saying that market has grown, but it wasn't, it was, I guess, fairly novel about five, six years ago. Sure. Um, uh, but it was a space thing. Yeah. You have to have a separate space to do it. Got it. Uh, and um, we just didn't have the space. And will it be here just in a different mm-hmm. corner yep. somehow? Yep. Awesome. It's like all, uh, yeah, it's all a separate thing. Yeah. It seems that's perhaps a second example, um, and I'm sure there are many more of, you know, running the core business and looking for commercial real estate sucks. <laughs> like it's hard to do. Totally. Running a core business and then thinking about the next version of the business uh, seems complex and hard and it's, it seems to underscore, um, 
your mile markers that you use for the business, which is like, we brought people in, added, added people. It seems to me, my guess is the extra bodies on teams, devil, devil's foot, uh, afforded you some extra bandwidth to think about the absolutely bigger? 100% yeah. 100% um yeah i mean i think i've said this a lot as well early on i mean i feel like we like willed it into existence yeah. a little bit i mean we were working we were in the shoe at 2 a.m squeezing lemons and like watching seinfeld like you know like we have a good product and but at the beginnings it was a lot uh, of work, and it still is. Um, but yes, hundred, hundred, hundred percent. Definitely more time to think of macro stuff when you're not on the canning line. Uh, cans get crushed. Oh, I gotta do this. You know, it's like yeah. interrupted a lot. Um, but I mean. Like I said, we've had kind of big eyes from the beginning, so it was going to happen one way or the sure. other because that's kind of the kind of people that me and Ben are. It's just like, it's not if, it's like when. Yeah. Uh, so then how do you set like the whens? Is it somehow like, hey, when X amount is in the bank, then it feels less risky. Hey, when this milestone happens is when we'll initiate the afterburners. Like when... How do you set the mind? I would like I would like to say that it that it's a little more scientific. Sure. Um but I mean me and Ben have from the beginning done kind of a yearly retreat where it's just me and him and some whiskey and like uh we call it flip chart magic. And so we'll just have like flip charts all over the walls and um kind of come up with the next year, year or two. Uh ideally, and then you know, goals are goals and sometimes you hit them and sometimes you don't. And as long as you keep going forward, um, like leaning in, you know, I think um, the, I think you'll see, I mean, we've seen results just from leaning in and showing up every day. And it's Mm. like some days I don't want to get out of bed and go to work and, and I do it. And, you know, I think there's something to that. I mean, there's, we could talk at at length about all the opportunities were afforded as well uh being who we are uh but um yeah i think you know i mean it starts with an idea right and then you're like okay how do we actually do this Mm. and then okay when can we do this and uh okay you know you say x number of dollars in the bank it's like all right well if we don't have that how do we get that x dollars to do the thing uh so then that's a conversation in and of itself with you know multitudes of different humans (laughs) and organizations uh but yeah i wouldn't say it's super scientific i think it's more just i think there's something as uh what's the word perseverance but not really stick to itness uh of just like kind of trying to keep your eye on that ball, even if it's very far away while you're doing some other stuff. For me anyway, that's like, um, I'm sure you've heard this a lot uh, interviewing entrepreneurs, but it's like, I don't really take days off, like pretty much thinking about it a lot of most days, Mm. you know, Uh, which I think is a testament to the thing because it doesn't bother me (laughs) that I, that I do that, you know, it's like, I believe in it. 
I think we're doing what we can consciously community oriented. So it's like, I don't, I can, I sleep well at night. I'm, I'm good at sleeping. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, that's a little bit of a tangent, but, um, yeah, I think, I think once we agree on an idea that's good, then it's just like, okay, ideas are a dime a dozen. Let's execute it, you know, uh, and figure out the best way to do that. And that's generally just leaning in. Like I said, yeah. it's like, oh, let's try this. Okay, did that work? Did that not work? Did part of it work? Did part of it not work? You know, it's just doing, I think. Love it. Yeah. I So I'm just very uh, impressed by all that with um, a future that is uh, at least going to have, is it Friend of the Devil or Friends? Friend of the Devil. Friend of the Devil. Yeah. Great freaking name. Thank you. Is a friend of mine. And if I don't get there, of course. So like, it's so good. Uh, I can imagine it. I can, I can almost taste it. I've got some sample cans, at least uh, that you can see. Of it. See them. Yeah. Cool. So visit the podcast episode show notes, which will be linked somewhere to see maybe a blurred out version, which yeah. activate when it's go time. There you go. Um, but just to tease, is there anything else on your heart, mind that we're thinking about um, at Devil's Foot that you want to potentially share? No. I mean, one of our uh, lines is the future so bright and we kind of stick to that. So it's just That's like, right. all right, let's like, let's just keep working together. And uh, so we're, 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 we're pumped, man. Like I said, I, we couldn't have done it without this local community of entrepreneurs and customers and just organizations in general. So super blessed that we did it here and uh yeah we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing it people people keep drinking them so we're gonna keep making them i love it where uh could we send people there's gonna be links everywhere but where would we send them if they wanted to get connected to devil's foot uh it's devil's foot brew com. that's our uh, main website um and then we've got a link to the mule there which talks about kind of tasting room hours events and stuff that we got going on we do a lot of community events in there we've got a lot of live music in there um the space feels really good so we're pumped about that uh obviously the social media channels uh we stay pretty active on that mm -hmm. um but yeah, that's that's like where you can learn about us and what we do. So awesome. Yeah. Or go back to the beginning of the episode. There you and go. Listen, <laughs> and listen again. <laughs> but uh, this was it was wonderful to get to sit down and, and talk with you today. It's been a privilege. Been drinking Devil's Foot since we moved to town. Oh nice. And it's uh, beautiful to kind of close that loop. Cool, man. Yeah, thanks for having me.